Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Smith, and today we have an amazing show for you guys. We have two ex-FBI whistleblowers on the show today, and I'm talking about Nate Kane, and I'm talking about David Baumblatt. Nate Kane is a congressional candidate out of West Virginia. Now, you just heard Nate Kane's three-part series with me earlier on this week, and prior to that, you heard David Baumblatt's story. Now, uh, Nate Kane, for those of you who don't know, is the FBI whistleblower who blew the lid off the Uranium One deal involving Hillary Clinton. And uh, it, it did, between the two of them, you're going to hear a conversation that's going to be absolutely insightful. And at other points, it's just going to piss you off. And I'm being honest with you because they're going to give you a peek behind the curtain you normally wouldn't get. So with that, guys, I only have one more favor to ask before we get into it. We had just started posting to our YouTube channel. Now, we constantly, because of the material that we put out there, because we're so leading edge, because we don't back down from stories that other people do, the algorithm is constantly pushing back against us. So in order to get the kind of traction we need to put this everywhere and make it as viral as it should be, I need your help to do that. Like, follow, subscribe, and share like you've never shared before and get this information out there. So with that said, guys, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Nate Kane, David Baumblatt, the Patriots Prayer Podcast. Have a good one, guys. Enjoy. My people of this country and we're under attack. They banning us, they cancel us for speaking the facts. If you man enough, come stand with us, take USA back. Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. I am your host, Eddie Smith, and today we have a couple of American Patriots with us. And returning is David Baumblatt, ex-FBI agent, turned FBI whistleblower, and author of the book Patriots Betrayed as well as Nate Kane, a congressional candidate out of West Virginia, also an FBI whistleblower uh, known for what he exposed about Hillary Clinton. Now, both of these guys have uh, proven themselves to be true American patriots and true American heroes in my book. So I'm going to bring them up here. Uh, Welcome, guys. How are you? Hey, thanks. Good to be here. Hi, Nate. So... um, you know, there's so many things when you have a when you have a group of guys like this to talk to. So many angles that we could take here. Uh, we we talked a little bit prior to, to coming online, but I uh, wanted to ask Nate first and foremost: How's the uh, how is the uh, campaign going? Campaign is going good. It's uh, hard work because I'm doing it the right way. I'm getting out there and talking to people. Um, you know, I had some volunteers. We went out yesterday and we uh, knocked on about 400 doors. And uh, spent, uh, you know, four hours out there, you know, actually, uh, you know, talking to people and and, uh, you know, getting material out there. And so uh, that to me is is what, you know, what what is the right thing to do? Because if you don't understand what your constituents want and what they need, if you don't know what the heck is going on in their lives, uh, then, you know, how can you how can you actually represent them? So. Yeah. So that's what we've been out doing and um, and getting to know people and talking with them. So it's been it's been good. Yeah. And, and and how's the book doing for you, David? 
No, it's helping out. Like I said, I've this is the first time I've ever been to social media. I'd say about a month or so. So pushing out there on social media. And like I said, I think um, looking at America from abroad, seeing a lot of this stuff, I've always wanted to sort of dive in and say what was going on. So it's just a, another good voice to add to the mix of of what's 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 the problems going on in America. Well, I mean, right now our problems are our representatives. Honest to God, they are our immediate problems. Uh, and they are the cause of a lot of the problems that we see in the United States. Has anyone seen the headlines today of uh, Rashida Tlaib uh, got caught saying the quiet part out loud? Uh, obviously, we all know how anti-Semitic she already is. Um, but she literally called for the eradication of the Israeli state openly. She actually said it that way. Um, I wish I had the clip, but I don't have the clip ready. But yes, it's it's she she literally got caught saying the quiet part out loud, and um, I mean, it, it's so many of these guys are doing that, and it, you you ever we've seen we've seen Jamal Bowman on on camera pull down the warning signs, pull fire alarms. Um, it, we we've seen her lie after receiving intelligence briefings that Israel blew up uh, a hospital and, and it turned out not to be true, but she went out and said it again in public, even after knowing that it wasn't true and actually gave the fiery speech prior to uh, those people that are calling for Antifada to rush our capital and in a true insurrection and a true seditious form. Um, I mean, did you see it? Anyone so see it? Well, if I could put my comment in, especially when I'm, I'm living abroad, especially when I live in a non-Western country, my critique to the politicians would say this. I'm amazed on how many of politicians either don't like America, number one, or they like foreign countries more than America. And it just seems like you put those two together, we've got a problem in, in terms of America first. It's time to look at America first. So we've got politicians who don't like America, or it seems we've got politicians like foreign countries more than America. Mm -hmm. But I think America first right. is the way to go. Yeah. You know, that brings up an issue um, that I think is is uh, important. And, you know, we were kind of, I think, uh, talking offline a little bit about this. But, you know, how many people that, uh, you know, are, are in Congress that actually were lobbyists before, and or foreign registered agents representing the interests of other nations. Right. Yeah. Like Biden's. The Biden's literally were foreign agents in, in, a, in right. a truest form and, and didn't register under FARA. That's right. I, you know, I and Nate, I did something and I'm, I'm curious uh, from your perspective on congressmen or senators in terms of dual nationality. I think congressmen and senators, is there a rule that says you cannot be a dual national? I don't think there's a rule. Have you heard? Uh, there's an awful lot that are, and well, so the hard part, right? The 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 difficulty in trying to um, trying to enforce that is this: is that um, in the United States, the the while the United States requires that you you cannot have dual, they don't they will not allow dual citizenship. So, in other words, like, like say you're born in Germany, for example, and and you become uh, you know you go to become an American citizen. Um, the United States requires that you um, reject your, your denounce the other citizenship, one. but the other country they will care. not accept your rejection of it. So, so there, there's that, um, you know, there, there's this issue of where, you know, 
you have, uh, you, even if you revoke it, the other nation won't. So, so the argument to be made by the person who has dual citizenship as well, you know, I, I can revoke it all I want, but you know, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to give it to me. But, but where I have a problem is that if you are an American citizen and, and you go and gain citizenship in another language at that point, the United States, they should revoke your U S yeah, citizenship. Absolutely. So, so in, in the regards to having that like positive, um, you know, dual citizenship, I, I don't think that that should be allowed. Yeah. I, I think there's two points and I think we could separate it between private. I mean, we, I mean, we could do it for every single American, but I think there's definitely a difference between a private citizen versus someone connected in the government, influencing government policy, like a Congressman or Senator. But I actually think the United States government they allow you to be a dual citizen. So I do think, you know, from the United States, if you're a U.S. citizen and you want to procure foreign citizenships, I don't think the U.S. government will uh, has a problem with that. And uh, and I personally don't have a big problem with it if you're a private individual. But if you're connected with the government or influencing the government, I think it's amazing, you know, from a counterintelligence standpoint, I mean, this is common sense 101. It, it is something we should be looking at. Definitely, definitely. And did, did anyone catch the uh, headline of Obama? He, he put his two cents in on the Israeli-Hamas conflict and uh, trying to play this centralist role between the two stated that uh, no one's hands are clean. It, it, trying to, to make it out, I mean, that statement is such a backhanded thing to say. I mean, to say that Israel is on equal footing with, with Hamas after what took place. I think is a really low, low thing to say, really low thing to say. Any, any, any thoughts on this? Have you seen this? Yeah, I, I not heard the clip. Yeah, I did not see the clip, but, uh, but you know, I, I definitely think that there's a, um, there's a, a, a propaganda, you know, obviously a, a propaganda campaign within the United States by, uh, you know, the pro-Palestinian organizations and whatnot. And, you know, they clearly are pushing, um, you know, this ideology of, of free Palestine. But, you know, most Americans have no idea what that even means. <laughs> you know, the fact is, is that, uh, you know, Hamas themselves within their own charter uh, do not acknowledge the right of Israel to exist. They want the Israeli you know, people and the Jews in particular wiped off the face of the planet. That's literally in their char charter. I think it's like the That's second right. the second portion of, of of their charter um yeah that's and and if you understand what obama's kind of angle was during his tenure as president and he said as much he wanted to make sure that the middle east was equally armed so where that israel wouldn't have the edge this is this is the reason why he played the games he did uh, in regards to iran he wanted he wanted in iran to be equally armed with uh israel because he thought that it would establish a certain peace instead of giving all the military superiority and backing of the United States to Israel. And he literally went about doing that. He literally went about doing that. Israel at one point took matters into their own hands and with their own air force went over and blew up a nuclear uh, installation inside of Iran. Now we, we wow. continually, we tie uh, Israel's hands behind their backs uh, or, or get get involved when Israel would have handled these things long ago. They would have dealt with this stuff long ago, but the, every time they start fighting back and it gets to a certain level, 
everybody jumps in and says ceasefire. And then a couple of years later, more citizens get killed by these terrorist attacks. And then everybody wants to continually point the finger at Israel for being occupiers, colonialists, whatever the hell they want to call them. But they don't realize that Israel has been trying to bring Palestine to the bargaining table for years and they refused to come. They offered them 90% of the West Bank. The, the 10% that they didn't want to give up would have made Israel uh, portions of Israel indefensible. So they wanted to keep those, but they offered them 90% of a back. They abandoned the Gaza Strip in 2005. When these people attacked Israel, it was mainland Israel. It wasn't in Gaza. It wasn't, you know, there was no occupation, but so many of these clips, and I love, it, it, I don't know if you guys play around on X, formerly known as Twitter, too much these days, but um, the libs of TikTok do an amazing job at exposing the idiocy of the left on these issues. But <laughs> just it's yeah. laughable. It, there's some of the things these people on the left actually believe are true in regards to this conflict. Yeah. Well, well it was a. Uh, go ahead, Nate. I was just gonna say, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm struck by, you know, when you look at, at, uh, there's a video that I saw that that showed uh, the missiles, you know, pouring into Israel, flying out, you know, from Gaza. And this uh, this young man is, you know, shouting <laughs> Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, and he's praising God for, you know, the destruction of Israel. And then the next scene, it says, like, you know, before and then after, and it shows, you know, after Israel retaliates and he's crying and all of this. And and it, it made me think of that famous quote by uh, Golda Meir, um, you know, which is that peace will come when the Arabs uh, will love their children more than they hate us. And I really do think that 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 is the problem. Oh, that's powerful. I've never it, heard that before. Yeah, and and so you know the reality is is that that when you know if they want peace, it's it's only going to come when they love their children and the future of their children. Uh, then they hate the Israelis and the Jews. I mean, that's that's really the truth of it. So I will just so that that the people watching can preface what you just said. I'm going to play that clip. I have it. Um, I, I I show it quite often. In fact. Um, for every reason that you probably think, um, this is, this is a, a great clip. Um, and, and it, and it does show exactly what, what Nate is referring to these people, uh, well, this guy in general, he's praising the fact that, uh, that, that these missiles are shooting toward, uh, Israel and, and he's very happy about it. As you can see, he's extremely happy. Watch. He didn't like it so much when the rockets were coming back in their direction. That's right. At all. So, right. yeah. And, 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 you know, and that, that also reminds me of another, uh, you know, famous, famous, uh, but much, uh, you know, much less, uh, uh, a civil quote, uh, you know, is the one, uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, you know, and, and that's really, you know, how in the world did you think this was going to end? You know, I think that, uh, 
I think they thought they were going to be able to start a war in the Middle East and get every other country involved. But, you know, it's not over yet. They, they might just actually end up getting their wish on some level. I mean, we all know that we're Bible believing people. And um, right. Israel was attacked from the north. There is a lot of prophetic things that took place. Uh, Saudi Saudi backing out of this deal was a prophetic thing. Um, it's all very prophetic. So I mean, I'm 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 sitting back watching, wondering is the conflict going to end or is it going to spiral out of control? And things are, have the balls in motion, you know, eschatology wise. So. Two, two comments I have from leadership, both from foreign policy and domestic policy, is this, because we see we see the, the rhetoric from the Palestinians in America. If America, if we are going to welcome a multicultural society, then this is what's going to happen. Meaning, just like with That's the right. congressmen or senators, I mean, this is what we want. If we're going to have, you know, immigration, multiculturalism, we are going to have different groups, meaning today it's going to be the Palestinians, tomorrow it's going to be other groups. But So let me ask you this, be. David. Let me ask you, so because people are going to term what you said as segregationalist. <laughs> people are going to flip that around and spin that in any other way. Uh, but, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, you mean the, the over... Uh, uh, the 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 abuse of our immigration policy and, and I would having say, yeah I, I I would say Nate Nate's a, Nate's a military guy like me and Nate will know immediately the most important resource in a country a corporation is people that's our number one resource it's all about people I I just want to know in a country that we're constantly told we want to be security independent oil independent food independent can't disagree with that makes perfect sense to me but when it comes to our most important resource the people. Not only do we want to be dependent on immigrants and foreigners, we think it's good. I'm just saying maybe we should start thinking about maybe why can't, you know, American citizens, I'm sure there's reasons why they're not having children. There could be money issues or whatnot. But I'm just saying, why is it so good to be dependent on immigrants that it's your most important resource? So I would say that would be one point. And then the second point is when it comes to our foreign policy, this is very different as I've studied with China. In America, you know, we get a new president every four years that you got to ask ourselves from America, what really is our foreign policy? Because, you know, American taxpayer money, we got soldiers and it's, you know, now we're into Ukraine, you know, we're into, you know, even Israel, it could change. So I do think the American people ask themselves before we get involved in all this, what exactly is our foreign policy? And I think the way our government's set up is, it just could change. The new administration comes in, it could change. And so that's why they feel like, you know, where's my tax money going, you know, during this administration. And I'll ask Nate this, Nate, you, um, you guys have a, both of you have a, a unique perspective being as though you, you were both FBI agents. How do, how do we, how do we, I know how you feel about this, David, <laughs> how do we fix this? How do we, how do we, how do we go about undoing this a Cosa Nostra like FBI that we're dealing with right now. So, you know, one of the, the things that I've, I've talked about and prayed about quite honestly, a, a lot is, you know, answering that question. Um, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument that Lord willing, I get elected. Now what? You will a be person be out of 435. I can't, you know, just, you know, I can't just unilaterally make a decision, but what I can do is I can work to convince my fellow members of Congress and I can use, uh, you know, the court of public appeal 
uh, to make the case and use the media to get the message out that, number one, um, this is a dangerous thing, not just for Republicans, not just for conservatives and patriots, but this is a dangerous thing of having a police state for everyone. Uh, a federal court that uh, put out a, a statement, um, I want to say it was a month or two ago, uh, that there were over, um, I want to say it was 257,000 illegal searches by Section 702 of FISA. Why that matters is because these are warrantless searches that fall under FISA, which is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. When I was read onto that program, uh, the system was never allowed to be used against American citizens and, quite frankly, or against foreigners on American soil because really? it was warrantless. That's right. Even we if they were not, on American soil, they, were, they, they had constitutional rights? If you are in the U.S., you have constitutional rights protecting you. And that's, is that's this, is this got anything to do with the way that Kennedy made it to where the CIA couldn't act on domestic soil? or I mean, or is this just this the way it's always been? And I'm asking from a layman's. Well, the, the Constitution, you know, applies to those that are in this country. And, okay. and so it, it doesn't just apply to, you know, American citizens, but it, it does not apply outside of this nation's borders. So let me make that clear. What and about so the 14th when, Amendment? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll wait on that one. Go ahead. So, so, the, so the point is, is that, that when this system was put in place, um, if we had a, a uh, if we unmasked, you know, some metadata and it turned out that it was an American, we had to delete the entry, period. That was the rules. And in fact, if we if we uh, used the system, uh, because there were some cases of where guys had used it to spy on their girlfriends or their you know, their <laughs> wives that they thought were cheating on them. And uh, and and they said they told us flat out, if you misuse the system and you spy on Americans with it, you will go to jail for 10 years. So I'll be honest, I never I, I, I was not interested in using the system unless I absolutely was required to do so for my job. And uh, because I was afraid of the consequences of, you know, you know, even even a you know, little temptation at all, not not even no way was I going to do that. But what has come out is that apparently it has been abused, used and abused multiple times. Like I said, this one federal judge said that over 257,000 times, the majority of those were used on people related to January 6th. And many of them also had to do with people who were um, protesting at the George Floyd protests. That should make this a bipartisan issue for both the left and the right to rally together to say, uh-uh, we're not having this. You know, this thing expires December of this year, at the end of December. Everyone needs to be contacting their legislator and saying, you better not reauthorize this thing Absolutely. or I will vote against you in the primary. That and should be... Every one of these uh, members of Congress should see that because the fact is, is that it's been abused. And then IG, by the way, said there's been millions of misuses. Yeah. And, and, and even more, Nate, and I say that and I write this in my book, too. But the FISA Act, there are already congressmen and senators. You know, Rand Paul is one person who comes to my mind. It's unconstitutional, but it's like right. anything Supreme Court people debate. You know, that's why decisions go. So you have some. Uh, you know, congressmen and senators say no, especially national security. But if you're a strict constitutionalist, it is unconstitutional. That's mm -hmm. how they're spying on me. There's if, no evidence. That's There's right. No if, evidence. This, if this tool was 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 only used um, by, like, say, the DIA, you know, in defensive, op you know, military operations or by the CIA, which only is supposed to be operating outside the U.S., 
then maybe I could see, you know, it, it having some, uh, you know, some legitimate purpose. But why in the hell the FBI, a domestic agency, has ever been allowed to even, you know, uh, have an opportunity at all to use this system? And now they can apparently use it, you know, uh, all the time. Uh, it, that should never have happened. Snowden. Uh, oh, go ahead, David. Go ahead. I'll, I'll say. Well, I'll say and, and again, we we everyone is allowed to argue a little. I have no problem letting it use against foreign nationals. I know. I know. Nate Same. makes a good point. I could care less. I used it, but when it comes to U.S. citizens, no way. It is a bright line rule. It needs to be abolished yesterday, not today. Yesterday, it is absolutely right. unconstitutional. I mean, I could tell you stories in the FBI where they were doing U.S. citizens, a U.S. citizen decided to take a trip to North Korea. I don't think there's anything illegal about going to North Korea. Now we didn't raise his eyebrows, though. <laughs> it raises eyebrows, but you, but you got, it's a slippery slope, Eddie. You know, you, you, do, you do an investigation now, Pfizer, because he goes to North Korea. I guess, what, does he go to a North Korea restaurant in America? Well, yeah, like, there, like, there are limits, but I... If, okay, I mean, I'll be in full disclosure. If, if if a regular American citizen was going to North Korea, knowing what we know today, I I, I don't necessarily agree that there should be uh, FISA violations and that sort of thing with this guy. Um, but I, I definitely would be keeping a close eye on him otherwise within within whatever purview I could because he's definitely got some questionable uh, something going on. Well, and, and, and that's a great point. The problem is, is... We'll, we'll take it down a notch. Now we're going to say that there's a rally in America that is pro-North Korea. You know, we got some of these communist organizations in America, you know, pro-communist. Growing so all now, the time. Yeah, so he doesn't go to North Korea, but he goes to some communist pro-North Korea rally. Do we start there? Or now we take it down a notch. He doesn't go to a rally, but he's, he's now going to college and he's studying all about North Korea stuff. So the point is, as you can see, it's not criminal. It's got this very subjective layering. Where do we go or not? And I think the key is if it's a U.S. citizen, we got to make sure what legal violation is he mm -hmm. breaking. Exactly. Now, there are things the FBI we could do that's, that's on the peripheral, but you got to be really careful because you want to start cases out with an illegal act. You know, there are people, even my West Point friend before, he tried to convince me to go to North Korea. I said, are you kidding me? I'm probably going to be arrested there. But he went. I mean, some some of these are crazy dudes. They like to go to North Korea and they want to, you know, do that. But we got to ask, is that illegal? It's not yeah. illegal. Yeah, and the system has to work. It's that simple. The system has to work. And the only way it works is if it has checks and balances and it's, and it's the law. The law has to be... <clears throat> abided by because when you when they this is exactly the problem we have with the patriot act victory act ndaa and the others is just it, it, it leaves so much speculation able to be used in order to violate the rights of everyday citizens have you noticed the ever alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation, from Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, Wi-Fi router covers, 
hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries. This will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code PATRIOT and save 10%. If you just terms in, in, in the, the definition of terrorism is so broad and it's so vague, that it can be applied very easily. You you both know that. It's very simple to just tie someone to some sort of national security threat, and then all of a sudden your constitutional rights dissipate immediately, and they can do whatever they deem fit under the guise of national security. Now, I had a question about the 14th Amendment, right? And um, it, we, we see a lot of these guys right now. Our border is, I don't even think we have a border, but... these people are coming across a lot of them are military aged men we see what's happening abroad and we know that there are people from those adversarial countries that have already entered the united states from iran and other places we know we've actually seen video of them being processed we see them being handed plane tickets and envelopes where they're going to airports and going to whatever city they say to these people when questioned this leaves me to believe i mean this is right for a let, let me let me set the hypothetical. This is hypothetical, but let me set this tone. If they say the United States cannot be taken over from another country, from well, it can't be defeated by another country outward in, right? But it can be. Uh, you have to do it from the inside. But if Absolutely. you change the landscape of the United States so much by allowing this onslaught of illegal immigration, and you allow military aged men to pour over our borders, and then you strategically place them across the country, wherever the hell it is that they want to go. And and now you have an army inside. You have an army inside of your country. And, I mean, and this is my fear of what's taking place right now. Anyone else share that fear? Well, and, and that's what we talked about Absolutely. when we in the, in the beginning when we talked about the Palestinian sentiment in America. Well, if you allow immigration, they're going to become citizens. And so I'm a little different than Nate. And that is, I'm definitely pro. If you're a U.S. citizen, the government needs to get off your back, get out of your private affairs. If you're a foreign national, I'm okay with that, you know, in terms of, you know, doing what we got to do. But if we start handing out American citizenships like Cracker Jack boxes, again, the Fort or whatever, well, then now I lose that argument because then if every because, again, I want if you're a U.S. citizen, I want freedom and I don't want the government uh, to, you know, to get in your private affairs. Well, that could be a backdoor into a, a future terrorist or spy, because right. if they're like, well, it's not that hard to become a U.S. citizen. Well, then my argument doesn't work. So we have to protect who can become a U.S. citizen. If you take a look at U.K., the U.K. right now, <clears throat> I could pull up clip after clip after clip. And when I say hundreds of thousands, I'm not talking about tens of thousands, five, a thousand. No, I mean, people like the grains of sand when they were, when they were protesting, they have this pro Hamas, pro Palestinian uh, protest going on in Ukraine. <clears throat> they have port parts of the UK. And I didn't know this until last week because I never even considered it. That have whole areas or districts or whatever inside the UK that are ran by Sharia law. Their culture has been hijacked. People were arrested for reading the Bible out loud in the streets in the UK. I'm, I'm, I didn't know this. I'm still in shock. This is this is really what's happened. And this is because of immigration. 
That's what it is. It's we are losing well, the, our culture. The UK has had a problem in that it's not had a um, uh, a right to free speech. Well, you know, let me let me rephrase that. It has not had a right to free speech enshrined in the Constitution. the The idea of our constitutional rights in America they are. Um, it's not that the Constitution gives us our rights. Those rights. Our founders believed that those rights were part of natural law, that those those rights were given to us by God, that we're born with those rights and that nobody you know, can interfere with them. Um, certainly not the government, but that the whole point and purpose of the formation of the government is to protect those rights. Now, you know, um, you were asking about the 14th Amendment and one of the big problems that and there's been a lot of debate on this and i and i actually the anchor I baby remember. thing is where i was going but i got sidetracked so. yeah yeah no and i, I know exactly where you're going so oh, yeah. uh, the fact is if somebody's born here um you know the, the question question is do they automatically get um you know birth uh you know get uh citizenship because under um you know section one of of the 14th amendment it says that all persons born or naturalized in the united states but here, right here is the section that, that matters and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. That's so, what Vivek was talking about right there. And, and, and why Scott that matters. Turn it into a racial thing because he's trying to say it was only it was only applicable to slaves because after they were after slavery was abolished, they wanted to make sure they had the rights of uh, typical American citizens. But what you're right. saying. But, is the, exactly but the reason that we know that that we the reason we know that that jurisdiction matters is because um, if you are a diplomat here in the United States and your child is born yep. here, your child does not get citizenship. Period. Exactly. Yep. And the reason the why because- John McCain wasn't a uh, was still termed a United States citizen, even though he wasn't born in the United That's States. That's right. He was so, born in Panama. So, yeah. So you you basically are a um, uh, you are a a you're under the jurisdiction of the country in which you're here. You know, as a diplomat. Now. For illegals, the argument that is made, and I've heard some really articulate arguments made by constitutional attorneys, if you're here illegally, you're not under, you're not here under the jurisdiction of the United States because you're not here legally. So that means that your child that's born here is not under the jurisdiction of the United States, therefore is not a naturalized citizen. That's now, my take. Still, or is not a not a citizen born here. But um, the the problem becomes, uh, what do you do with all the kids that are born here um, that, you know, that have never, um, you know, that, that were born under non-jurisdiction or whatever. And that's what the, you know, that, that, that all they know is English and all they know is American life. So we've got a problem because, um, you know, even if you were to, to, to even if the, the courts were to agree um, that this is the case, and therefore a whole lot of people here in the United States that were born here are no longer citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, then how do you how do you handle that? How do you deal with that? So Send I them think back that, to their country of origin. Well, it, it's We've not done it so before. Easy. We've done it before. Yeah. We did it in fifties. I I understand what you're saying, but I I do think that that there's a the optics of that would not look good if they start rounding up a bunch of kids. And and and, and it's and it's true, but the the idea the open mindedness and the liberal mind of the United States are the reason we're in this mess. Unfortunately, sure. being nice is not always going to play to our benefit in the long term. It's going to be the thing that is our undoing. So making well, I, the hard decisions and the unpopular decisions is the only things I believe may save us. I, I think that there's an argument to be made at least that 
that because the government has been unambiguous about it, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they have not, uh, you know, enforced the law and all of that, that it's created this nightmare situation where you have a lot of people here, kids born here that, um, you know, think that they're citizens and it turns out they're not. Mm-hmm. So what I, I think would need to happen, uh, and, and I, I really do think that this is probably the, uh, the, the most compassionate solution that still enforces the law is you create a, a period of time, maybe one year, maybe two years, but it's got to have a limit where you say, look, you've got this much time to get your act together, make, you know, you know, basically get your affairs in order and get the hell out of the country. Mm-hmm. And if you do so, and, uh, you know, and you can make a compelling argument that, you know, you have a, uh, uh, you have a job, you have a, you know, you have a business, you have, you know, means and all of this other stuff, and you're not going to be on the system, you know, uh, you're not going to be on the, um, uh, the public dole and that sort of right. thing, then you can go and immediately apply for a green card and and get, you know, basically get yourself uh, into a situation to where you're here and under legal status. I you're can get behind be that. You're not going to be a citizen. And, and I would I would even say there needs to be some sort of penalty in this. Say, hey, not only are you not going to be a citizen, but your your amount of time that it's going to take for you to become a citizen is now double. Because, you know, basically you, you, you kind of jumped ahead of the line, but you give people a period of time. Uh, if they if they've committed any kind of felony, then boom, they're out. If well, they it, if, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, if they've, or if they've committed any kind of violent crime, drugs, sex trafficking, anything like that, any kind of crime, that's something that that the American people don't want in this country. You're out. Get out of here. We don't want you back. You're not welcome. And if within that period of time uh if they don't get their act together and they don't leave the country and 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 when i say they have to apply that means they have to go out of the country and then apply they can't do it from inside the united states that was trump's policy and 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 if they if they don't do that within that period of time not only will they be kicked out of our country but you will never be able to return so in other words you make it such a stiff penalty for for not you know, and and not only that, but you will be kicked out. Uh, you know, you will not, uh, you know, pass go uh, in in you know for a hundred dollars. You know, you will be kicked out. You will be sent back to your country or can't even visit. Never you. to ever return to the United States again. Well, let me ask you this: Would would you would you fast track someone in that situation that says that they would enlist in the Army, Navy, Marines? Hundred percent. Okay. I'd be okay with that, you know, provided they're not a felon, provided they're not like somebody that's, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, either dealing drugs or or committing well, sex crimes or or. You guys can answer this for me better than just about anybody else. We get people that come here to this country, uh, and 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 I have a hard time believing we know what their past is here in the United States. We electronically keep records, fingerprints, things like this, details of your criminal past and that sort of thing. But when you get people here from Iran and other Middle Eastern countries and third world countries, we don't know who they are, what they've done, if they're just genocidal, homicidal maniacs. And we don't know. Well, maybe Eddie or Nate, either one, can you answer? Remember the two Chinese spies? They were in the military, something... uh... Remember, remember they called, were they U.S. citizens or were they Chinese citizens on a visa? I don't remember, but, you know, you do bring up a good point, And that is that in the military, um, when I was in, we had some incidences, right, involving um, soldiers. Uh, one of them was a soldier that stabbed uh, 
uh, a, a taxi cab driver in Japan in the neck with a knife uh, because he mm -hmm. didn't have money to pay his uh, bill that he had ridden all the way down Damn. to the Costco base uh, from Tokyo. Uh, there was also another case of a young woman that was raped and um, and it became a huge scandal in Japan. Uh, she was a, a Japanese woman who was raped by an American soldier. What was not reported you know, uh, in the, in the mainstream media was that both of these guys were foreign nationals, uh, and they were foreign nationals serving in the United States army. Um, and so there is a problem if you just allow them to come into the military in order to fast track their citizenship, um, they still got to be vetted. Yeah. We have to know yeah. who you are. I, yeah, um, still have to be vetted. I'm really on the fence with that. I, I still don't like the thought of foreign nationals serving in the military. It's a shame. Wouldn't it be great if Americans want to serve in the military? You, you know, so there's something going wrong in America that obviously American, you know, citizens don't want to serve. But I mean, my gut is I don't like foreigners serving in the U.S. military. It's because um, it's too it, hard, David, and they got to sweat and get up early. That's yeah, I mean, and that and that's what's <laughs> happening. I, or, or maybe we make a special unit, not like the French Foreign Legion, but a special unit that's for foreigners that 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 we could sort of vet better, and they don't have any secret classified information. I, I don't know, but I'm on the fence of allowing foreigners to be uh, military. It it uh, I don't, and and it's not just from a security standpoint. It's more like patriotism. Like, why are foreigners? protecting our country like what's wrong with our men like i i don't know so it's it's part security I, there's a war on part, men if you haven't noticed there, there's a war there on certainly should be a limitation to the amount of foreigners um that are able to serve in the u.s military because so so the, the way that i i kind of see it is not a bad thing is let's say that somebody has a green card they've been here uh, they got to meet certain criteria they they can speak english um you know they uh they they meet you know the vetting process and things like that um, uh, they should be restricted in the jobs that they can do. Uh, they should not be able to hold yep. a security clearance. Um, yep. you know, there should be limitations, you know, but they can play an important role. For example, um, let's say that, uh, you know, somebody wants to be, um, you know, let's say that somebody is here on a green card and they're from Japan and they want to serve in the United States to gain, uh, access to, uh, you know, being able to become a citizen of the United States. Uh, you know, they could play a useful role in the military in some sort of liaison position because the likelihood is they speak Japanese. Oh, you know, yeah. um, cool. uh, I would be OK with that. However, should they be in a position where uh, they have access to, um, you know, uh, intelligence, you know, that is classified? Absolutely not. So, you know, there, there should be certain restrictions that are applied. But, you know, what the I, left I can, would say about that, the left would call that a racist policy. Yeah, I don't care. They left and call it what they want. It's a national. It's a national. Uh, you know, they. It's not. It has nothing to yeah. do with race. It has to do with nationalism. And, um, you know, and so the. You know, that's the other thing that cracks me up. That's another. That say, that's another dirty word with with them. Sure. National. Sure, but but people want to have. You know, they want to make a claim that you know, um, that the word Mexican, you know, is a a racial word. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with their 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 nation of origin, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody is here. And, uh, you know, and they're Mexican, uh, you know, then the truth is, is that, uh, you know, there there is there's certain policies, uh, you know, I would have a problem with them, say, um, you know, uh, if they're if they're not an American citizen, I may not trust them, you know, to be working, uh, you know, as a Border Patrol agent, you know, sure. uh, you know, watching our border. 
And it has nothing to do with any kind of racism. It just has to do with their nation of origin. This happens in our prisons all the time, Nate, exactly what you're talking about. Prison guards that grew up in the neighborhoods where those people are from end up going to those prisons where their people are housed. And as a result there, that's how they get our communications. They drugs move in and out very easily. There are a lot of things that happen in that regard. And I know that firsthand. I know that 100% firsthand. That is a true statement. And directly, with that race of people, the Mexican people, especially yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah. Now, now on that, going back to to uh, the 14th Amendment, what bothers me more than anything about all of these amendments in and uh, you know in our constitutional rights is that you know um, I think it's uh, uh, the last section of you know of that amendment where it talks about that Congress you know shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation you know the that article right but but what do we see happening Mm -hmm. we see a president an executive branch that refuses to enforce the law the law which is written by congress Mm -hmm. they just don't care and so to me the biggest issue that i see going on right now in terms of uh, congress having some you know somewhat lost their power is there's no enforcement of these laws that they pass because the Biden administration is lawless. They don't care. So this is why Congress needs to impeach, uh, you know, needs to impeach Biden and quite frankly should be impeaching every single one of the cabinet members that are not enforcing the law and any judges that don't enforce or don't judge on the law, you know, but are trying to legislate from the bench should be impeached as well. Congress has that power. And then, you know, maybe they can't you know, get uh, Biden kicked out, but they can expose to the American people how he is violating his oath, how he is, uh, you know, violating uh, what the, you know, the the very laws that are being passed, who, you know, are being passed by, by our representatives. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they have the power to do something that I have not yet seen them do. Well, here's the, the thing the about the power the, to defund. Cut them purse strings. Yep. And they need to do it because, yeah. you know, when, when, uh, when director Ray gets called in and he's asked a question by Congress who, you know, have oversight, the judiciary committee calls in, you know, say, uh, you know, director Ray, and they want to know what is going on uh, with your investigation, you know, into uh, Hunter Biden or whatever. And they, he says, well, we're, I'm not at Liberty to say. It's an active investigation. You know, we're going to subpoena your documents. Well, I'm not going to obey your subpoena. Okay, literally, fine. You're no literally. Longer, you no longer have a budget and we are impeaching you as the director of the FBI. The, the fact is, these are the kinds of actions needed, the boldness needed by Congress to enforce, to enforce their enforcement of the law. If they're unwilling to do it, then impeach them mm-hmm. and, uh, and defund them, period. That's exactly the only way they forced him to, uh, to obey the subpoena the last time. Was they they were they were going to hold him in contempt, and that's when he caved. Yep. But prior to that, I mean, he lied to Congress, which was a felony prior uh, over right. the FD ten twenty three form. He tried to say it didn't exist until yeah. Grassley and others came out and actually started quoting things that were inside the form to let them and let him know we know it exists and this is what it says. And then he and then his story changed. Then they subpoenaed him, and he just did, he didn't even care. They don't. Now, it's, on it's on that note. On that note, I, I do I do believe, though, that the FBI, 
uh, according to the Constitution, uh, you know, they are subject to the president, not to the Congress necessarily. So that being said, I don't see how the FBI, in all honesty, can investigate. You know, when, the, when the president is the one that we're talking about, though, in, in this form, I mean, he was the guy who the FD 1023 is about. It was about a pay for play uh, bribery. So, so that in that situation, in. in that situation, the president needs to be impeached because not until he's impeached can they really have a true. And I think a special counsel should be investigating the president at that point. Well, and uh, and honestly, I don't even believe that. Um, I, I, I think we have a major problem right now in the way that we. Uh, the executive branch has no, there's no way of holding them accountable. Um, there's a group called Tactical Civics that I've listened to a lot of what they have to say, and it makes sense to me. Uh, but what they say is that there's something that's supposed to be in place called the People's Grand Jury, by which, or Citizens Grand Jury, by which a citizen. Yeah, it's a no citizen longer, review board. Yeah, that's right. Citizen review board. And then what the point and purpose of the militia was, was not about fighting war. It was about having a, a trained and authorized group of citizens that are authorized by the court to go arrest the public official who is, you know, committed, uh, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors against the nation. That is ultimately what I think we are going to have to put into place. And it's and, the only and, way, because otherwise, what are you going to do? Say, Dr. Uh, excuse me, uh, Director Ray, stand up and handcuff yourself. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's not, it's not going to happen. So this is why people are talking about abolishing the FBI and, and these sorts of things. But I say the only way that you can actually fix it is you have to have somebody that has the authority to investigate it that is not under the authority of the same FBI they're investigating. That's right. And that's so what you're talking about is absolutely necessary. Now, yeah. they say now, they there, have, is, there is something that our Congress gave us, though. What's under this? Article one, Section eight, they gave us something called the uh, it's called a congressional tribunal. And and when you read. What it you know when you read it in its context, it seems very clear that the intent of it was for adjudicating agency issues, and so I think that that's what we need is we need an uh, an Article One tribunal that it it does fall under the jurisdiction of the Supreme Court as it should. So they they answer to the Supreme Court, but they're not within the Article Three courts. So, so here's, they, they, here it is, Nate. It says Article One tribunal includes articles I uh, courts. This is also called legislative courts, uh, appeals courts, ancillary courts with judges appointed by Article Three appeals uh, court judges or administrative agencies and administrative law judges. So it doesn't really go into detail as to the meaning of that, just that. No, but when you go through and you start digging into um, the Federalist Papers and things like that, what you see is the intent of it is not how it's being used today. Right now, it's used for like the U.S. tax court and some of these um, appeals courts and things like that. But what's needed, I think, is or what its intent was, was to adjudicate agency issues. So in the case of the Department of Justice, in the case of, of um, you know, the FBI, you could create this court in order to adjudicate, you know, essentially, you know, the crime of deprivation of rights under color of law or, you know, abuse of power or, you know, um, misappropriation of funds and things like that. And I think that's where a court like that would be necessary. And then you would have, um, you know, the, the prosecution, right. Would be this, the, would be brought by the citizens, uh, you know, grand jury. And then the enforcement arm of that court would be 
you know, the militia to go and basically make the arrest. And I think that's why they actually demonize patriots to the level that they do, because they know if they're ever, you know, if they yeah, ever that would, organized, that would be the end of them. So it's, that, that you would have be, to demonize them. Yeah, I mean, that that would be on par of a civil war, meaning, meaning for that to happen and the FBI to allow that. I mean, the FBI, no way. Yeah, it, it would it would. uh I mean, any type of outside for I'd be interested, I mean, uh, in terms of the, the Constitution and the regulations, what it says, but for some type of militia or outside force to go in and apprehend or, or whatever with the FBI director that I mean, we're, we're talking a major, major issue. Well, right it, there. it reminds me, though, you know, think about like what happened in the United States back, um, you know, in the 1800s. Right. You had uh, U.S. Marshals and you had the, you know, your your local sheriffs, uh, you know, that basically had flat out wars with one another. I mean, that that was like the whole basis of, you know. Well, uh, yeah. So I do predict if, you know, and I think maybe Eddie, I, I had said this, if if the situation, you know, these are some of my predictions of civil war. I do predict that eventually that we might lose the federal level and we go to the state level. And I mentioned that the states are going to become radicalized, right. meaning just free red states. And that I do believe we're talking the governor, the state police, the, you know, the, the, the even the National Guard. That could be a standoff where the governor t tells the FBI field office, you know, whatever the governor of Texas says, FBI field office, Dallas, you are now shut down. You have no jurisdiction in the state of Texas get out i could actually see that happen now of course it'd be huge but in terms of legality i actually could see that happening texas is the only one with the ability to do that legally in the united states i i, I actually see contractual not... secession but but i don't know you know i think any state could uh, any governor could probably kick out a federal agency really that's what i'm saying it, it's going to have to get we're not at that level yet but i see that possibility of how would we push back to the federal government? We would have to have a strong state governor, you know, the governor of the state where where he knows because that governor needs to make sure he's protected. His state police is behind him, even in maybe in National Guard. I mean, it gets into a lot of legalities between state law and federal law, but I could see that that's where I see a standoff happening. Yeah, I'm also I'm Amazing. also suspect too that there there may be a way that a um that a, a, you know, an elected sheriff uh, might be able to, you know, tell the federal government that, uh, you know, look, you, you cannot come into our county uh, exactly. and we're not going to allow you in our county. Uh, so get the hell out. I could see that. And, uh, you know, and if, the, and if the county sheriff had the balls to, you know, actually, uh, uh, you know, basically he would have to know that he's got the back. And where, where I could see that happening is in a place like West Virginia. You know, where they say, look, um, because, you know, out here, people are very, very much, uh, you know, uh, they're all about freedom and they're all about not having their rights stepped on. And I could see a county sheriff basically telling the FBI that, you know, uh, they can take their jurisdiction and shove it and get the hell out of our county uh, on a, if, if it was about the right issue. If it was about the, you know, the FBI trying to come in and take people's guns or something like that. Oh, yeah. I could see that they've passed yeah, some they, they, they passed yeah, some local legislation uh, in the state uh, to make certain counties um, uh, Second Amendment. Uh, 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 what do you call it? The Constitutional protected. carry. Well, no, Second Amendment. Um, 
um, oh gosh, what's the terminology for it? Basically, you know, you're they'll they'll protect you in that county, and they won't allow you know an overreach by the government. Yeah, they they've already kind of really done a lot uh, with the Second Amendment. They that I don't believe that they should have. I mean, when the the, the document says they should make no law, I mean that's pretty explanatory no law um but they continually try to justify i knew as soon as they made kamala harris the head of the gun violence task force i said oh shit here we go yeah i it's going to be some gun violence here and not even two months later what happens it's 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 not you know we knew exactly what was going to happen didn't know when didn't know how i just knew that big or small it was going to be highlighted blown up in the news and that she was going to be at the center of it. Now she's saying that basically she idolizes the way that Australia uh, did their forced gun buyback. That would not fly here. No, that way. would not fly here. So as, I have, I have, a, I have a, another thing I want to ask. So has anyone seen the Jesse Waters piece on the Biden administration and that the FBI had 40 informants for 15 years uh, inside of the Biden uh, family and bringing them from the time he was vice president, bringing them information and not, they were bringing them information to, they say that they had the Bidens dead to rights for the last 15 years, but instead of prosecuting them, they flipped them and now they're using them to do the things they want to do, which is why this war is going on against Trump and other people is because the FBI is blackmailing the Bidens. Have you seen this? I have. It sounds exactly like, uh, you know, what, what I blew the whistle on in regards to Hillary Clinton. Uh, you know, the FBI had Hillary Clinton dead to rights on all kinds of money laundering, public corruption, terrorism, financing, securities and exchange fraud. Um, I, I saw with my own eyes and I carried out uh, 457 pages of classified documents. Uh, namely, uh, most of them were, uh, you know, suspicious activity reports that had been already reviewed by FBI analysts uh, with FinCEN and, they already had a high probability of, of uh, you know, of criminal activity under those four codes that I gave. And it, and this was being done by three separate field offices. They had multiple case and file numbers, and yet they shut everything down. They shut it all down. And why do you think that happens? I mean, we never talked about that last time. But why, why in the hell do you think, what was their thinking behind shutting it down? Who were they protecting? Who were they taking those orders from? And who's in control? Also the seventh floor. They they were afraid Hillary Clinton was going to get elected, and they didn't want reprisal from her. Yeah. So like like I said, when I was in the FBI, when you're looking at you know foreign counterintelligence or counterterrorism, you know what is happening overseas or with our adversaries, you know it's more removed from the U.S. citizen. However, the really nitty gritty dirt is the public corruption squads. Because these are the people looking at the people that have more power over us, you know, our governors, our, our politicians, our tax money is paying them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really the, 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 the disloyalty versus, you know, what China, Russia is doing. And that is very, very political in terms of how they do stuff. It's very sensitive. It's, it's, it's wild to me because, I mean, you remember Loretta Lynch being on the tarmac. And she's sitting in the plane and Bill, Bill Clinton's plane pulls up right next to hers. He gets out of his, walks into hers. Hillary's being investigated at this point over the email situation. 
and he goes into this plane and he sits down uh, w- with Loretta Lynch and comes out like a half hour later and just says, yeah, we were just talking about our grandchildren. I yeah, mean, right. it's right in front of our faces. They're colluding and they just expect, I mean, and no one does a damn thing. No one says anything. No one forces the issue. I was, I, is- as much as I love Trump, I was like, man, why you had that time? Why, why didn't we see more action behind these situations? You know, bleach bidding your hard drives and beating your devices yeah. with hammers and Patriots. I told you, I told you, I said it was going to be an amazing interview. And that's just part one. We got part two and three coming up next. These guys go even deeper. And don't forget, there's exclusive footage on the other side. There's exclusive footage in our locals. Just go check out the locals. Go to Rumble. Click the locals. Go ahead and join. Subscribe to the Patriots Pair Locals today, guys. We really need your support, and we appreciate your support more than you know. So with that said, the silent majority, you need to stop being silent. And stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast. My people of this country and we're under attack.